0: This is Braun Strowman, the monster among men, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast with your host, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a very special tag team episode of the BCP Breaking Through Our Silence Podcast Connection. That's right, we're teaming up right now to have some very real discussions about what's going on in this world that I love so much of professional wrestling combined with the Good Sisters world of overcoming abuse right now. And of course, that is multiple time Amazon award-winning best-selling author, my good friend, Ms. Mercer Cohen. Mercer, what's up? How are you?
1: I'm good. You always make me blush with your intros. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, it's a crazy time right now in in my world of professional wrestling. I I see this hashtag growing, uh, hashtag speaking out, hashtag speak out, where indie stars or even a lot of the national performers that we see on TV right now are talking about some of these very uncomfortable, sometimes abusive, uh, inappropriate situations that are going on uh, behind the curtain right now in this wrestling world. Stories are surfacing from years ago. Some of these major, you know, stars are speaking out or some of these major stars are being accused of these crazy things. So it's, it's very, very crazy right now. And I thought who better to reach out and have a discussion about this because in 2020, let's be real, we need to have discussions about things than uh, Miss Marissa Cohen. So Marissa, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to doing this. And hopefully we'll, we'll do a couple of these and have a, have a great conversation. Your, your thoughts on this whole thing.
1: I'm just honestly happy that you brought it to my attention. To be honest, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, and I know that's kind of a sacrilege thing to say to you.
0: <laughs> no, um, not at all.
1: <laughs> but I'm really not, and I, I didn't even consider the amount of sexual harassment and sexual assault yeah. and abuse in the wrestling world. So thank you for bringing this to my attention, and I'm really, really happy to uh, be a part of this, even though obviously I, I, w- I hate that people are being abused and assaulted, Um, But I'm glad that now hashtag speaking out is coming to light and people are starting to speak their truth and tell their stories. I think that that is so important. And you're right. It's just starting the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Beautifully said. And we have a special guest with us, Marissa. I'm very excited about this. You know, Obviously not excited about the situation, but again, excited to discuss it, break the silence a little bit. And right now we're excited to welcome to the show a former ring announcer, commentator, wrestler, even no stranger to having gold around her race. That's right. A former EWA women's champ herself, <laughs> formerly known as Daisy DeVille. Please welcome to the show, Miss Linda Danville. Linda, what's up? Thanks for a few minutes. How are you?
2: I'm so good. Thank you for having me. How
0: are you? Uh, doing okay. You know, it's, it's been a year. You know, 2020 has been <laughs> been a lot. It's, it's, you know, it's still going with this whole speaking out movement right now going on in the mm-hmm. wrestling world. Um, you know, first and foremost, your thoughts on this speaking out movement going, um, you know, on in social media right now in the wrestling world.
2: You know, I hate to say it. I mean, I've been involved in wrestling since I was 17 in 2001. So I'm like a fossil right now in wrestling. Um, but I hate to say it. But when it first started to come to light, I was like, well, I'm not surprised. And that's such a horrible attitude to have. But, like, I'm not. Wrestling is a giant boys club. And I, and I wasn't surprised. So I reactivated my Twitter. I was looking through something. Oh. And I was honestly, like, I was honestly horrified. Like, it goes so much deeper. And you read these girls and even these men's stories, women and men stories. And it's so much more beyond, like, just grab ass in the locker room or a lewd comment here or there, or somebody not giving a shit if you're married and, you know, approaching you, but it's, it's so, so beyond that. And it's horrifying. Like a lot of these women, you know, this is like your dream and you do anything to get there. And then you get to this brand stage or you get closer, you get promised all these things and somebody takes something special to you and just shits on it. Oh boy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy to hear, you know, and a lot of people are saying like, yeah, they're not surprised, like we don't really know what goes on behind the curtain, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of promoters and a lot of shows and, uh, you know, be there before the first bell rings, you know, be in the doors before the crowd gets in there. And I've had very positive experiences, you know, I've never been in the locker room, but you know, everyone shaking hands, you know, showing respect to some of the legends in the business. Uh, it's all been very, very good. So it, it did, you know, obviously break my heart to see all this stuff, but I think these discussions, um need to be had. Now you mentioned uh locker rooms. Is you know, I know a lot of these shows are in high school gyms or VFWs and stuff like that. Is it uncommon for you guys to have like separate locker rooms?
2: I don't think I've ever had my own separate room because, you know, on most of these shows it's there's maybe one two, possibly maximum six women on a show. And yeah. to give them their own locker room is like a flipping luxury. Uh, there was a place when I wrestled for SWF, we would uh, do shows. Gosh, I think it was a VFW in Totowa. I forget what it was. But um, it was just one big like curtain dock, like a vent space, I think. And then it kind of had a back way to a women's bathroom, which had like a sitting room or like a powder room or something. And that was like the most luxurious I think it's ever been. Like I've changed in my car. I've had to, there was a VFW in Bayville where they wanted us to have the locker room like outside in March, which was insanity. So we ended up taking over one of the extra bathrooms and wrestling is male dominated. So they used the women's bathroom and I'm in a friggin' women's bathroom with a bunch of dudes. And then. Like, that was it. Oh, no, you know what? There was, we used to wrestle for EWA. We had this place in Jackson that is, like, a historical horrible monument or, like, whatever, um, called Rova Farm. And the it was, like, the locker room was basically a blocked-off lobby that had a men's room and a women's room either side. And, like, the promoter and, like, the locker room leader were, they would always use the women's room as, like, their personal locker room. And then once I came along and they started a women's division, um, we would kind of just move our shit in there and they would get kind of like grumpy about it. And I'm like, it's the and ladies room. So then you pick them out when you wanted to get dressed. But very seldom, I mean, at least the places I've worked, um, very seldom do you actually have like a locker room. I think my first show was at one of the brick high schools. I can't remember which one it was. And they were like, oh, you're going to have your own locker room. Bah, 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 but there was like a high school football game that night and everybody was changing in like their auxiliary gym. So I'm like seventeen and there's just a bunch of dudes getting half naked in a high school weight <laughs> room. So oh, wow. that was yeah, it's super fun, man. I got tails.
1: That's <laughs> disgusting.
2: Yeah. I mean it wasn't it's not uncommon and a lot of the guys like it's almost like when you go to the beach and you see like surfers and they basically put on a towel and they get Rest under the towels. You never really see anything, but like to be at the beginning of my high school senior year, and like I get to be a ref today, and I'm gonna manage a tag team, and everything is great, and you walk in, and there's just like sweaty, smelly dudes changing under like Garfield beach towels or something stupid. It's that's that's pain.
0: I think, uh, well moving forward, I mean, again, this is why we have this discussion. I think moving forward, I mean, I think this is a no brainer, but separate locker rooms, uh, that's probably part of the solution right there. Um, so we see all these crazy, I I mean, I shouldn't say crazy, but we see all these surprising, I guess, or maybe not so surprising claims coming out about some of these pretty big names. Some of these people that I've had on my show, I've literally gone back and deleted episodes because of these things. Um, you know, and you know, everyone obviously deserves, you know, their due justice and all that, you know, who knows what's, what's real and what's not. Not, but I believe the stats uh, speak for themselves, and i 'll throw this to you, Marissa. Um, I think they're saying like what was it? less than five percent of like claims such as these sexual abuse, rape, and such are um, I guess less than five percent are false or something like that. Um, would you know anything about that marissa
1: I do so the statistic goes between two and eight percent of reports are false reports, um, depending on the demographic, so in certain demographics obviously it 's higher or lower. Um, but only about 5% of cases are reported to the police. So in the grand scheme of things, 2% of the 5% that are are reported are false. And it's such a minuscule number, but people like to focus on it so much.
0: Yeah it's, it's, it's really crazy. And you see some of these things and then you see some of these, uh, like I even really don't even want to name names, but like, uh, you see some of these responses, some of these people that are putting out that are accused and you're like, that's your response. Like, like you don't have a leg to stand on. Like it's, it's really just, it's kind of pathetic and crazy. Um, Linda, you said you're not really that surprised to see all this stuff coming out. Um, you don't have to get specific or name names or anything like that, but have you experienced, I guess, similar things to some of the stuff we're seeing on Twitter?
2: So I would say I've been, and everything I say is going to sound so horrible one way or another. I've never, I've been fortunate that I've never been, let's say, like big enough that I'm traveling out of state and I'm doing all these things and I'm living out of my car and I'm like sharing hotel rooms with people. That's when shit gets bad. Like I've seen... Like, I've never been so thankful that my career didn't make it. I'll just put it that way. Wow. Um, Like, cool. because what are you going to do? Like I said, there's maybe two to six women per show. And I saw somebody's response on Twitter to someone was like, well, maybe you shouldn't be in a hotel room with a guy. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're traveling. Wrestling is not, like, you don't get paid a million fucking dollars unless you work for Vince McMahon. And so maybe you're lucky if you make three figures. Like, I've never, that's never happened. It's basically like a hobby most of the time. And I'm going to get dragged for saying that, but it basically is like, you do it because you love it most of the time. And so like, I've never been in a situation where I've had to split a hotel room for somebody with somebody. I'm like here for my life. And I've never, I, you know, early days, I dated a guy that I went to wrestling school with and he was very adamant about like, We don't want anybody to know we're dating because that's not going to look good on you. And I think back to some of the things that we would say to each other. And I'm just like, he was not a good person, but whatever. Um, So we weren't like going out after shows and like running down to AC with people, which happened often. And we weren't going to bars. We would just like go to the show, go to the diner and go home. Um, So I wasn't really in situations a lot of time. And then later on, like I you know, met my husband and then we had our kids. So I'm not rock and rolling all night with the dudes because. I'm going home to my family. Um, so I've never really been in a situation where I've been cornered in a bathroom, but have I been, uh, have I, I've definitely been hit on. I've definitely had somebody say leave comments. I've definitely not gotten paid because I was the only woman on the show or wow. because I waited too long to use the locker room to change and everybody was done at that point And then the promoter booked. Um, Wow. Like I don't know if it was necessarily something that happened on purpose, but we had it was like uh I want to say it was I only had my my oldest son at the time and I was just restarting and I went to help somebody. They were doing a fundraiser for the Lacey Firehouse, one of Lacey and it was at one of the high schools or middle schools or something. And um they had me train one of their firefighters who was female and it was supposed to be, you know, uh me and one of the guys that I know, Cletus versus two of the firefighters, a male and a female. So I was basically, we all put the match together just because who doesn't want to see your firefighters that you're raising money for? Like, wrestle? it was super dope. Um, <laughs> right. But then, you know, you kind of have to wait a minute because we shared a locker room and I'm like, okay, well, I want to get dressed but my van is like, all the way at East uh-huh. Humboldt, so like I can't go in my van and this is supposed to, okay, let's, like, I'll wait. So I don't know, whatever. So we go to a bar afterwards and the promoter, who maybe ran three shows and is smelly and disgusting and annoying whatever he uh he was sitting there like like king shit like oh well we had a good night we raised money everybody got paid and i'm literally sitting two feet away from him i was like i didn't get paid like because i thought nobody was getting paid because it was a fundraiser that's yeah. common and he didn't say anything didn't offer to buy me a beer didn't offer to buy me a sandwich i was like that whatever um but as far as like harassment goes it's definitely happened i've been uh approached in my Twitter DMs by a former WWE star that we did a show with because he was super tall and he mentioned at the show that I was super tall and I had really long legs and that's great. He was like he was asking me questions about like what my shoe size was, how tall I was, um, if I would, you know, spend time with him when he did shows with us in New Jersey. And I was like, LOL, I'm married. That's funny. He's married too, by the way. Uh, no, this oh is a different boy. different wife now. He had a he was married to someone else at the time. But he was like, "Well, how married are you?" I'm like, "The married with children kind, that kind of yes. marriage." What kind of question is that? Right? Like, I know. well, how married. I'm like super fucking married, like vows in front of God, and I love my husband. And this is just you good know, good answer. It's not a, good answer. Yeah, like stop. Like <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like i'm just kidding that was horrible whatever i always <laughs> uh, had my heart since i was 14 anyway um but you know it's like so this man he like messages me and he says that and it's probably one of the only times but i made it a point on my wrestling facebook page like if somebody contacted me on messenger unless it was regarding a booking i would just delete it and not pay attention to it um and i would get messages every now and then like hey like, I want, like, I'm sure single females or even married females get this all the time. I really don't because people know that I'm, um, whatever. I make it very obvious and I don't answer things. But I was starting to get some messages, like, in my my inbox and I would just delete them. And I made a point to me- mention something on my wrestling Facebook, like, hey, clearly it states in my bio that I'm married. Just because I do wrestling doesn't mean, like, you can approach me. And what, a promoter I had worked for was, like, nobody fucking cares that you're married. Like, why do you say that all the time? I'm, like is this how you talk to your wife? Because that's disgusting. And it's it, like really struck me. Like if he asked me to ever work a show for him again, I absolutely never would. Um, I don't think he, he definitely doesn't run shows anymore, but that's like the kind of stuff that you just deal with and you learn to like laugh it off, I guess. Because, and you know, looking back on it now, like that was so stupid. Like why would I laugh it off? That's so fucking rude and disrespectful. And I'm almost ashamed of like the things that you learn coming up like you know it's a locker room it's a, a man's world basically and you know just i could go on and it wouldn't even scratch wow. the surface because some of these women have been drugged. men have been drugged. there are married men who would have a girlfriend and be hitting up um i mean none of these are my story but from some of the things that i've seen like i know uh, a wrestler who's non-binary and he or she rather excuse me She was getting hit up, I guess, because she was different and the guy was curious, but had a wife and a girlfriend and is now denying everything, which is
1: disgusting
2: because I know this person. I've met her on one occasion and it's just not like she lives life unapologetically. Like she wouldn't make something up just to ruin someone. Like she doesn't give a fuck about your life. She just wants to wrestle and be happy. And if she's mentioning something, you know, it's it's because it has to be
0: said. That's, the man, all that. So even just hearing all that is, is crazy for me. And, uh, you know, i us both of you guys this. Like, uh, you mentioned the DMs, Linda. Like, you know, we, we, we're a very, you know, pro-women's wrestling show. Uh, we've had a lot of, like, the great indie stars on our show where we're so supportive. I saw supportive that
2: you had a Mimi on on oh uh,
0: She's fantastic. She's, New uh, champ.
2: i Never met her, but I know the guys that are running Titan. They used yes. to, they, a lot of those guys were involved with, uh, SWF and are no longer. They had a yes. falling out or whatever. Yep, yep. Um, so, and like my guys, like Vinny and those guys were on there, so I was tuning in from home. She has it. She's gonna go yeah. very far. And I'm scared oh, yeah. for her because she's what, 17, 18? Very young. Very, she's very young. She's super young, right? I'm nervous for girls like her because there's a very good chance, from my experience, somebody's gonna pull some shit, and she's not. Oh my god, I'm getting so emotional. And she's not gonna be able to realize like what she wants and what she can do because it's it's more likely that somebody's gonna ruin it for her than she just decides to hang it up early.
0: It's um it's crazy that that you bring that up, and and again like. Uh, I, I get what you 're saying, like for sure it does it does make you worry like we always try to you know represent ourselves in a good life and have good rapport with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I hate trying to reach out sometimes it 's the only way through social media. I think that is part of the problem and i 'm a big social media guy, a lot of my job involves social media, whether it be my podcast or my day job. I get it, but like you know you talk about the dms and all that stuff i 'm very careful when I reach out on social platforms mm-hmm. I keep it very professional and very well respectful and when we have you know a wrestler especially young younger wrestlers or female wrestlers on our show we're very very respectful and the respect goes ways you know goes both ways it's all about that and, uh, you know, we see young wrestlers, you know, you mentioned Mimi, who's fantastic. I do think she's got a great head on her shoulders, um, you know, way, way ahead of her time, you know, wish her all mm-hmm. the best. I, we'll see her on TV, no doubt in my mind, Absolutely. Um, you know, and like we said, hopefully this conversation will be will part of the solution. Uh, guys like Casey Navarro, who's been a great friend of my show, man, he has such oh, huge potential. So, young. Me. he, he, uh, he's just a good guy, a good human. And I literally asked him, like, how do you stay so humble? Like, I've seen the stars that he rolls with. Um you know mm-hmm. during this whole uh, pandemic and stuff he just checked in with me and he's like hey man how's you and your family and I'm like I'm like why are you talking to me like you're just like he great guy
2: a he was like good... 16 wrestling for SWF him and Jordan Oliver and yeah. you just look at those kids and they're so so hungry like they're going to do so well he gets injured a lot though and every time I turn around I'm like this freaking kid like he's gonna yeah. be his own wrestler. like come on <laughs> but he's, he's- the f-
0: He's, He's the future, doing yeah. Really well, he really is. Yeah, and maybe you know, maybe these kids like up and coming. Like maybe we're having these conversations now, so the business will be better for them. Like it, it's very know. hard to tell. Um, Marissa, let me ask you. Like you know, you you've explored you know all different organizations. You know, you're you're looking at things that are going on in the military right now. You know, obviously, you know, I was like, hey, Marissa, like there's this whole kind of stuff. You know, all this abuse and stuff, You know, out online, um, in in the wrestling world. You know, are you I'm guessing you're not surprised by this, but do you kind of see a lot of this in, you know, maybe like sports and stuff like that?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. And a lot of sports or professional organizations don't handle it very well. So, um, like you said, I'm I'm working kind of with the military, uh, not with the military, I'm going to correct that. I'm working with an organization who wants to be a third party to military sexual assault investigations because – the internal abuse of power is so corrupt and horrendous, and they treat survivors of se- of sexual assault um, with such disdain and disrespect that it ruins a ton of people's careers. And so, when you approached me with this for wrestling, I I it was hard for me to say that I that I was surprised. Like I wasn't surprised because for the same reason as the military or police. Um, it 's an abuse of power, you know you have these these children or these very young people who have these big ambitions and want to do amazing things, and you literally have their destiny in the palm of your hand, right so these promoters and these agents mm-hmm. and the people who have have a name or have an established brand have such um such power over the like the younger generation right so it's easy to exploit them it's easy to um manipulate them or coerce them um if you've ever seen the tv show and this might be a really bad analogy but if you've ever seen the amazon prime show the boys
2: have you seen yes okay. that's the
0: superhero like one yeah the the evil
2: evil oh man i had to not watch it i found out like that baby dies or whatever something happened with the baby and it was right when i'm like in the middle of nursing my son oh I'm, like, boy. i can't watch it I was like, oh my God, look at that pumping being represented on TV. And then I'm like, oh no, I can't watch this. I'm going to. It yeah. won't be good for my emotional state.
0: It's crazy.
2: But in oh, that no. show, in the very
1: first episode, I forget what character oh. it was, but the the fish guy, right? Yeah. He has the power over this brand new person who's so eager and so excited. And he basically says, if you want to be anything, you have to give me a blowjob. And so she feels compelled to do that to keep at her dream without realizing right. It's disgusting. And without realizing, you know, the consequence that she's going to feel. And I feel like wrestling and any organization like it, I mean, any athletic organization, any organization where people have power over each other, um, the younger ones or like the newer guys are susceptible to that. And they're so often abused and it's never, ever addressed.
2: It, Wrestling is unique in the way that there's not really many other sports or organizations like that where you're going to mix men and women. Like, you have a card mm-hmm. and it might have up to 10 matches on it. You might only have one woman's match or you might have one female ring announcer or you might have one female taking the tickets even or a manager or a valet. It's not, there's not a lot going on at one show. And there are things that For years, you just accept as okay because you don't want to step on any toes. And if there's ever been, like, anything that you've been super passionate about and all you have to do is all these right things, and wrestling is really big on respect, which is really fucking funny in the current climate. um, Yeah. Like, you come in, you shake everybody's hand, and you – everybody. Like, if a wrestler's wife or kids are there, you shake everybody's hand. If there's somebody you don't like, you shake their hand. And it's a very specific, like the wimpiest handshake ever. I used to actually shake hands a little bit rougher because I needed to like assert dominance like this because I'm a woman, like don't F with me. This is my handshake. It's a real handshake. So there's that. But it's like, if you, there's so many unsp- uns- excuse me, unspoken rules that you have to follow. And if you do them all just right and you listen to all the right people, like you can go far. And if you say the wrong thing, I was actually reading one of the girls that came up a little bit before my time from North Jersey was on Twitter the other day. And, um, I remember back to like my early days of like Yahoo groups and all these dumb things. Um, you would, like you would see all these women from different areas around New Jersey that you might actually wrestle one day or you're on, uh, there was a database, a website for women, independent women, and it was called Glory. Fantastic. That was great. They had a convention every year. Um, and you see all these girls like you might wrestle them one day and then you hear through the rape line, like oh well this one is a rat which is like a wrestling movie like this one's a rat and she screws all these guys or this one gave a blowjob so she could get uh so she get the title and at this point like i'm questioning everything i was ever told in wrestling in my early days because it's like those are not real stories and people would spread rumors like that so people wouldn't go far or so he would get a bad reputation. And they were really big on pitting women against each other. And it just wasn't healthy. Like, beyond the things that men would do, the women were horrible to each other, too. And it was basically just, like, what, what you were taught. And, like, that was it. And you just hated everybody. And that was it. And
1: it's so interesting, like you mentioned that there's such a culture of community respect, right, but behind closed doors and and under all of it is abuse and rumors and pitting women against each other and pitting humans against each other like I think that's so horrific. I understand the concept of wrestling, and I 'm not saying that they should you know that there shouldn't be competition but to to exploit people and spread rumors about things that they did to further their career when chances are that wasn't the case like that's yeah. so twisted
2: it's it's hard because you don't know what sometimes like it's it's interesting that's because that's what wrestling is like you're not supposed to know what's real and what's fake, and it's not just the storylines or how strong somebody is or their character it's literally the people themselves like you don't know who to trust basically and it's you know not things i ever thought about until like this weekend and i'm just like jesus christ like i know so many people that right now are thinking of just giving up because they've just completely lost faith in wrestling and it's sad it's so sad like now is not the time to give up like if you're mad that people are being shit humans, like that's more reason for you to step. that's more reason for you to take care of the young kids because you're the one that Mm -hmm. needs to change it. Like, you're the person that somebody who's fresh out of wrestling school and is 16, you know, beyond being, like, a seven-foot-tall human, like, that's the – they want to go to you because they know, like, you'll believe what they say if you're like, hey, the marauder said that if I don't go in a whole closet with him, like, I won't get a championship. Like, and that man will beat your ass. Like, that's the guy you talk to because he'll help you. But, like, it's just so funny. And the the handshake thing, too, like I said, it's not – a regular, like, standard, like, welcome to the business lunch handshake. It's, like, two fingers, very, like, because you're supposed to show to everybody in the locker room that you're going to work light. Like, you're not going to stiff someone. So, like, you're not going to put them in, like, a chokehold and legitimately choke them. Like, you can trust that, like, you're supposed to be able to trust people in wrestling with your body, and the fact that you can't trust people to be alone in a room together without fearing for your fucking life is disgusting. Like, I shake your wow. hand this way so you don't hurt me in a ring. But then the same people that you're showing you won't hurt you in a ring. Like, oh, okay, this is a nice handshake. Or, you have to worry about them, like, grabbing your ass or, like, touching you wrong in a match or making a really fucking rude comment. Like, it's, oh, my God, I'm getting so fired up right now. I haven't really said any of this out loud. But, like, it's, it's, it's just fucking astounding that you have to worry about that when you're literally showing someone, that you can trust them and they can trust you and then they just throw it out the fucking window.
0: Wow. That's, that's a sound bite right there. Like, you put it perfectly. Like, you're trusting these people with your body, like, mid-air, mid-flip, yeah. picking you up, jumping over the rope, like, you know, How it's a I dance. How I to
2: trust you? You can yeah. put me in a, like me, a almost six-foot tall woman who is not like, I will trust you to put me in, like, an overhead maneuver and throw me on the effing ground. I will trust you to do that, but, or, like, to choke slam me or do something, And but I can't, you know, oh, I have to go to my fucking van because I can't change here because yeah. that's me like fucking asking for it.
0: And I think you summed it up perfectly. Like I, I never thought of it that way. You know, I've, I've been behind the curtain a few times. My po- my experiences and the promoters that I have been able to work with have been super positive and so great to see and all this stuff breaks my heart but you know I do remember people coming around and shaking my hand I'm like why are you shaking my hand like you know I'm Everybody I'm just a journalist went. you know you know but yeah but that's how I learned you shook everyone's yeah. hand like hey I'm so and so I'm like I know who you are I've seen you on tv like you know why are you shaking my hand like to me it was just like magic I see people running the ropes like it was really really cool um and, and I'm all about it but at the same time like what do we do to change things? You know, like we talked about the separate locker rooms, like, you know, we have these big stars, these big shows, these, um, big events and conventions where, you know, we're having some of the indie wrestlers going to pick up these big names from the mm-hmm. airports, you know, and that's where we're hearing a lot of these stories happening. I, I, know, I have seen some, you know, organizations making some changes to some of these like things, you know, I understand people have to pay their dues, you know, whether it be setting up the ring or like picking up yeah. people, but maybe this, you know, maybe some things need to change here. Linda, I'm curious your thoughts on some of the things such as that, that might need to change moving forward. You uh,
2: you know, I don't know. It, it's just, it starts with knowing right now that if somebody has a problem, that their voice will be heard. But yeah. at the same time, I, I you know, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Because it's so, something so simple as, hey, you're new, you're still training, whatever. Instead of setting up the ring, because I know you probably hate it because everybody hates it. But then whatever. You either hate it because you don't want to do it or you hate it because you're very particular about how your ring is set up. But instead of setting up the ring or putting together chairs, can you go to the airport to pick up who the F ever formerly known as on the is on the card today? And imagine like somebody who's like 16 or 17 and maybe 18, even twenty, whatever, and they're just like, Holy shit, like my idol is on the show. And not even not only am I going to be in the same locker room with this human. I'm going to go pick them up from the airport. And I've heard, the only thing I've heard is like, there was always a story about like, oh, so-and-so picked up like Diamond Dallas Page and he made him go to Wawa and get him three subs and then he didn't beat him. Like you hear weird things like that, but I've never heard of somebody getting assaulted, but now somebody's going to have to worry about that. Like, yeah. so I go pick up this big person. Like like when I was in SWF, that was a little bit more of one of the, the, the companies that would book the bigger names, like something like UWC, uh, they're more about their own talent and their fans basically enjoy that brand and not necessarily wrestling in general they have a very specific fan base down there um but something like SWF, like oh we have formerly known as on the show today can you go get them and i remember doing a show with and i'm going to use a name just because it wasn't a negative instance whatsoever it was probably the only time in a locker room that i've gotten starstruck it was at the one-room bathroom, and uh, Badass Billy Gunn was there. And I am a huge DX fan, which is interesting in the climate because they were very graphic. Yes. Um, they're, like, the reason why I got into wrestling. I thought it was so funny, like, all the stuff they did in between. And they weren't just wrestling and going out and being either the good guy or the bad guy. They were making fun of everyone, and they were – just doing whatever the hell they wanted, and I thought it was spectacular. And then on top of that, they worked really well as a unit, and they were amazing wrestlers. So a couple of years ago, Badass Billy Gunn was at the show, and I'm like, oh my god! Like my first AEW free name was a New Age Outlaw screen name. Like I'm literally <laughs> gonna shit a brick, and everyone's like, oh why? Because do you want to go pick them up, and they assume, oh my god, now it's turning into a horrible memory. So now everyone's like, why? Because you want to you want to go like you're gonna go fuck a dick? I'm like no, I'm not gonna like I'm not. Just because I idolize, like I enjoy a certain wrestler, like it's from a pure place. It's from like a 14 year old girl watching wrestling and thinking this is the shit. And one of the reasons why I got into a ring was because of DX. And I'm literally three sinks down from badass Billy Gunn. That doesn't mean I want to hole up in a locker room, like a bathroom stall with him. It means holy shit, you're Billy Gunn. You're an amazing wrestler. You bump like nobody's business. This is the fucking best day of my life have a throat lozenge. I almost passed out, but whatever. And everybody assumed it was something weird. But anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> 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 I am chatty and lose my train of thought. I blame children, so whatever. But, you know, everybody just assumed something. It was awful. But if so in that, so my reaction to that, okay, here we go. Like if somebody said to a young maid, hey, can you go to the airport and pick up Billy Gunn? And I was like, oh my God, I have, like, I sleep in a DX shirt every day. I wear a DX shirt for training because it's supposed to bring me good luck. These are the reasons why I do what I do, and I get to pick this guy up at the airport and put him in my fucking car and let him change the radio to whatever he wants because he's a fucking (laughs) idol. (laughs) Like, that would have been me, and somebody is going to be in that situation, and probably already has, and then not saying Billy Gunn because he's a treasure, but Another person will have another wrestler, likely from this era or, you know, one of the guys mm. that's recently let go. Like, you get to go to the airport and pick up this name and they're like, oh my God, do I wear a different wrestler's shirt? What do I wear? I'm driving my car. Do I go the speed limit or really think I'm a dork? Should we stop at Wawa? And then that wrestler who you worried so much because you want to impress them and you are literally starstruck, they encroach on your space and touch you uninvited and they literally kill Every dream you've ever had in five minutes like somebody's gonna be put in that situation and that's fucking horrible so what do we do we send an uber like i don't know what about i mean as silly as it sounds but like what about the buddy system
1: right so if we implement a sort of buddy system in in events where younger people are not like i'm trying to think of a better word than uh um, have like, sh- like chaperoned, but what if they have somebody with them that, uh, that can keep them safe and can, you know, monitor situations that's not like a bodyguard, but like a friend? Is that reasonable or is that like a silly, dumb thing to say?
2: So it's not, it's not dumb and it's not silly, but I also don't think, and it's just always going to be negative, like somebody's going to get ragged off. Somebody's gonna pull a rib on somebody. Somebody's gonna do something, and it's gonna be like, oh, look at 16 year old Joe. He's got his fucking mom with him, but like, no, it's my older brother. But like, it's such a testosterone fueled thing that having somebody there to look out for you, you'd never hear the end of it. You're literally supposed to have a locker room leader. There's supposed to be somebody running the locker room who is monitoring the matches, making sure people aren't sneaking out to the bar and getting drunk before their show. Nobody sneaking out into the parking lot to, like, blow lines of hope because those things happen. Like, you're supposed to have somebody looking out for things, but you can't monitor everybody all the time. And there should be somebody who's designated, I believe, uh, and I was talking to, um I was actually talking, I think Tommy the Moose is supposed to be on your show next week.
0: Oh, yeah. We love Tommy the Moose.
2: Frickin' Tommy. We call him Uncle Tommy the Moose. He got all these <laughs> cute little onesies when he was born. Um, so Uncle Tommy the Moose, who is just pure delight. Yeah. He was speaking to me about like he's like, Oh, so and so was running this show and me and Rissa or his girlfriend, she's a-, a ring announcer as well.
0: Oh, we've had her on, she's great.
2: Isn't she fantastic? Oh yes. She gives no F. She is so yeah. <laughs> like she's like racist suck and gross men suck and I'm going to bring it out that I love wrestling and fuck everything, but, or whatever (laughs) she's, I, and I love them. They're such an unlikely pair and I love it so much. So he was telling me that they were talking about um, how this, they should probably have somebody. And this was, you know, at the beginning of the weekend before all this came to light really. And it was like, they you know, they don't know what they're doing with this. So they should have somebody run, you know, the women and your name came up and I'm like, well, it's not feasible because I don't, you know, I don't, my job is like you know when i'm not furloughed is it's a weekend job and when i when i'm not weekending i have my kids and my hours are weird and it's you know it's not feasible to get that kind of mom time you know like my version of a knitting circle or whatever but um <laughs> but I'm, i've i been thinking about it and i'm like you know that would be so yeah. great like if you you should 100 and usually the locker room leader is somebody on the card it's a veteran somebody who's been with the company or even. One of the trainers from the school, or a promoter, or somebody who's like a money mark or whatever. You should 100% have someone, and it should be somebody who's not really doing anything else on the show. Like you should have, like like a dorm has like I don't know if they have it, not really. Uh, Like you'd I don't know, uh, like a prep school would have like a prep school mom or like somebody monitoring people, and it shouldn't be someone who's involved in the show in any other capacity. I don't think other than Helping writing the storylines and making sure everybody sticks to their time and telling people who's up next and you know, basically babysitting the locker room.
0: I I like I like what you're saying, and Marissa, that was a fantastic question. In fact, I've seen like people certain companies and to me like the people that always like, you know, speak up right away. Like that shows me something, you know, recently something happened in AEW and AEW is like, all right, we're doing this with this person. Mm -hmm. And this is happening. Like companies that just like come out and say something or address it head on. I feel like that's the the best way to go about things. Um, You know, just, acting and i've seen companies a lot of the indie companies saying like all right for the airport pickups we are going to have two people go so marissa you hit that yeah. right on the head like we're gonna have two people go there's a lot of different things i think that we can change uh, moving forward and i think just having this discussion like you know you don't need to go hire a human resources department but i like what you're saying linda like i've seen co- some companies already adopt this like having a someone in charge of the women's locker room, you know, preferably like a woman, you know, that yeah. would make a lot of sense. And, you know, same thing for the men's locker room. Let's have separate locker rooms. Let's have, you know, not necessarily human resources, but some, someone appointed to have that role, like a well-being, you know, make sure everyone acts appropriately, something like that. Um, that would be really cool. And I think that's part of the solution right there. Also, you know, not, not just having these conversations, but um, I'll ask you guys this, uh, you know, I've seen this a lot in, in the music industry. This is a lot different, you know, like the local band stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think um, ego is a huge part of the problem. And I could see that.
2: Absolutely.
0: The, yeah. Do you see that a lot uh, in the business, Linda?
2: Oh, my God. It's like one guy has a security role on WWE or is like a fake doctor or EMT. <laughs> and then yeah. they come back to a show. They've started going tanning. They've got you here. They're all baby oiled up. And they're like, well, you know, ha, ha, ha. And it's like, that's what it is. It's like, I've wrestled here. I've wrestled this person. So, you know, show me respect. Like, what the fuck did you do here to earn respect? Like, it's oh, my God, the ego. It's just you have the guy in the back who's, like, man spreading in his chair, takes up a whole fucking corner with his water jug, and it's just like, you know, I'm king shit. And you're like, oh, bro. But yeah, so much ego.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why people think they can get away with doing these mm-hmm. these horrible things because I'm so-and-so, I've been on this or mm-hmm. I have this many accolades and you know that doesn't excuse it. We've seen a lot of big names that have just kind of disappeared off of Twitter right now and or organizations that I can think of one or two right now that just no longer exist because of this whole thing. It, it's crazy. But the thing
2: in New Jersey too is there's no real athletic commission so somewhere like new york you have to have a license to wrestle and you have to have a license to operate in new jersey as long as you got a permit for where you're wrestling like if it's in a field or you pay the vfw the right kind of money and you have insurance anybody can run a wrestling show so there's not really a whole lot of accountability because anybody can do it which means anybody's gonna do anything and then that anybody is gonna run the show And be like, well, I'm the promoter, or I'm the booker, or I'm the locker room guy, or I'm a veteran because I've been wrestling for four minutes, and you've been wrestling for two minutes. So let's run a show. And it's like there's no – like nobody knows what they're doing because anybody can fucking do it.
0: Yeah, it's – it's crazy right now, but I'm really glad that we are having this discussion. And, you know, Marissa is so big on obviously breaking the silence right now. Question for you. You know, um, you know Linda, we do see uh, names like Keith Lee. You know, he, he, I don't know if you guys saw, he broke kind of his story where I, apparently he was like drugged and woke up in a ho- hotel room. And, you know, still to this day, he doesn't know what happened. Um, you know, someone he was involved with, I guess, in a show in Texas or something like that. So this can happen to anybody. anybody you know, he's a big anywhere. star anybody, anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I've seen some people recently on social media saying like, hey, yeah, I have some stuff, but I just don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to share that. Um, You know, Marissa, I'll throw this to you first, your kind of thoughts on this, you know, because, you know, I truly, I mean, again, not to pressure anyone, but I do really think, um, you know, like we always say, like you always say in your books, breaking the silence is that first step. And I think in a way, you're also freeing yourself in a way, your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. You're doing a lot of good things by breaking your silence, and of course, it's terrifying. You know, you're opening yourself up to vulnerability and judgment, and especially in a community um, like wrestling, where I, I assume everybody kind of knows everybody, um, just because it's such a like a niche interest that mm-hmm. you you could be opening yourself up to negativity or backlash, but. The positives that come out of it are you're finding your voice again and you're releasing this weight that you've been holding on to for so long. And you also don't know who you're helping. By you breaking your silence, you could be helping somebody else find relatability and find comfort and support. Um, You can be that person for somebody. So I understand and respect if you are not comfortable breaking your silence yet. And you should never feel pressured to do that. But if you have, you know, the, the urge to, to share your story or to start healing, you know, breaking your silence is, is the first step.
0: Yeah, big, big part of the healing. Very well said. Uh, Linda, your thoughts about people speaking up right now?
2: I think it's so fantastic. I think it's, it's the, honestly the best thing that's ever happened in wrestling um, because first you have it goes from like like wwe had their the divas went to you know they had the women's revolution and that was really like the minute that they stopped referring to women as objects like when i first started you were either like the one that wrestled or the hot one i worked for an all-women's company that would literally hire strippers and teach them how to wrestle as well as having women who've gone on and been very established um i did like two shows with them and then my boyfriend at the time was garbage so i listened to him and just wrestle there anymore but whatever um but it it's now you have women who are coming up who watch wrestler wrestling and they're you know they're young and they are in the age of like youtube makeup tutorials and you can be really pretty and be an awesome wrestler or you can be an awesome wrestler and that's it and nobody's really like you're the funny one you're the pretty one and you're the powerhouse like now it's like you can be whatever the fuck you want which is great so it started there i think like actually respecting the women's work but then a lot of people took advantage of that and they're like oh you're really good let me show you a few moves and then somebody gave advantage of you but i think being able to just anybody who ever wanted to do it is now respected and it's not like divas, song photo shoots in like tahiti it's like just go wrestle because that's what we care about um now that gave so that gave people the opportunity to be there now that i think is giving them confidence or giving women confidence to come forward and if you notice a lot of these stories aren't like last week at a show in Oklahoma somebody drugged me in a bathroom at a bar if five years ago 10 years ago yeah. 15 years ago 17 years ago and you see a lot of people reacting negatively which I just want to fucking slam them all right in the face like well why are you bringing it up now like because 17 years ago you couldn't fucking say anything because then you get a reputation and then you would never go anywhere and thought like and if you love wrestling, like the worst thing that could happen is not making it. So you shut up and you do what you have to do, which is horrible, but that's the reality of the situation because you're listening to all the wrong people. And when there's 10 of them on a show and only one of you, you know, that's just kind of what it turns into. But I'm so, I'm so proud of everyone. And like I said, I'm fortunate enough that nothing horribly major happened to me, but people speaking out has made me realize like some of the things that happened when I was younger, I listened to really terrible advice. Or I listened to the wrong thing about one woman. Or when some one of my friends was booked somewhere and I asked him why he wouldn't bring me on a show, but then he gave me shit for not trying to get him booked on my show. Like, those kinds of things are all, those are our own stories. Or, you know, when I had, when I was dating one guy and I would wrestle in, like, a skirt but I had, like, literally opaque stockings and then fishnets and then socks and then like this and then a bodysuit and then a pair of shorts and then this. He would always be like, what are you wearing under that? Why did you take a picture with that guy?" I'm like, that's also a form of abuse and I didn't even realize it at the time like, oh, he's mm. just worried that somebody's going to see up my shirt. Like, what an asshole, he doesn't trust me. But then it's like, he's just controlling what I'm wearing and he's controlling who I'm talking to and he's doing all these things and I think, you know, his fear was I would make it and then not bring him with me. Um, mm. And And just that kind of stuff happens too. And it's like I've had an interesting few days just thinking about things that I've always ignored and always thought of like, oh, that's just how it is. Like, no, that's not how it is. Like, that absolutely isn't how it is. It shouldn't be like because I'm super friendly to a wrestler at the beginning of a show, like, oh my God, I like your ring robe or I like your scarf or I like your gimmick. And they're really nice to me. And I'm an an innocent mind, honestly. I have a potty mouth, but an innocent mind. And I just think like, (laughs) I think everybody thinks like me. Like, if you're being nice to someone, you're not being nice to them. I'm not being nice to you because I want to suck your dick for a booking later. Pardon my friend. But, like, I've I've been at a show where I was so excited to be there. And then afterward, you know, we're at a bar and we're having drinks. And then I find out later that they're asking all these questions. There's, like, two dudes and they were all asking me all these questions. And somebody was, like, a week later, like, oh, yeah, right after you hugged that dude or right after you shook his hand, he was, like, she's going to suck one of our dicks later. And it's, and I don't like, and I just thought somebody was being nice to me. Yeah, but that's what happens when people fall for that kind of shit, and that's trash, like absolute trash. And I don't even think about those things, but now people speaking up and saying these things, I'm like, holy shit! I was fortunate in that situation that day. Uh, that was one of the real first like five guys days, and mm-hmm. like Tommy was there, and I think Rob was there too. I don't know, but like. I, I felt protected like when I was with five guys at SWF yeah. like I not they like we would joke you know joke around and make fun of people and you do whatever mm-hmm. but not one of those guys ever made me feel uncomfortable or like Vinny and Tommy and Preston like I never felt like somebody was you know they were being nice to me just because they wanted to get my they were all happy outside of work. They were doing whatever. If anything, I felt like they would hover near me to make sure nobody else was screw with me. Like, I always felt very safe with them. And it made that run in wrestling very fantastic for me.
1: So I think you saying that kind of just didn't solve the problem, obviously, but, but kind of offered a solution to – create maybe a small group of people that you trust and surround yourself Mm. with, you know? I know it goes back to when you said before that you don't really know who you can trust because everyone's kind of, you know, their their fake persona. But what if, if, you know, there were like almost clubs created so that, you know, you have a group of people that if something happened to you, you know, you can go to and trust them and they'll give you the good advice and they'll Mm. take care of it. Is that feasible?
2: So that's honestly it's like it and it all sounds great and what that is is that's what you think from the beginning like what we said earlier like you're supposed to trust somebody with your body to not break your bones but you can't trust somebody with your body to the point where they're going to physically assault you um, but I don't know how to how to verbalize it oh but um I don't know I mean Rob you probably have heard of her um Oh, my God, I can't even think of a wrestling right now. Damn, What the hell is her wrestling name?
0: Is that an uh, indie wrestler?
2: Yeah. Tara Calloway. Okay. Tara Calloway, um, she, I, I've noticed on Twitter and on Facebook, and, you know, we've done one or two shows together. I think she's a fantastic human. Her husband is Jeff Cannonball. He is also fantastic. Two of like, the most genuine people. They, like, she is super affected by this right now, and I know that she – I'm pretty sure she's looking – to put a group together. Um, I don't know how they're trying to look to it. I only just saw it briefly. I'm pretty sure she's trying to put together a group. Like She had put out on Twitter, if you are going to a show and you feel uncomfortable, I will go with you. I will root you on. I will make sure nobody hurts you. And I think after they got married, I think she she stepped back a bit. I mean, she's still doing wrestling with depression. She does fundraiser shows with um, wrestling with dropkick depression. she is fantastic she's very aware of mental health and she, from what i see is she has stepped up and she's trying to make sure you know either herself or a group of people will you know make wrestling safe again or for the first time really if, wow. you,
1: if you could connect me to her that would be yeah. awesome because i could definitely uh work with her through my nonprofit profit to do something yeah.
2: she is an a-plus human and she could probably also break anyone's face and i really enjoy that about her Wow.
0: This is, uh, has been a great conversation. And I thank you guys again for a few minutes. I, I think we really tackled some things. You know, like I keep saying, we did pull back that curtain. You know, there's a, there's a lot of good that, that comes out of this wrestling world. There's a lot of charity. There's a lot of really, really yeah. good people that have, have certainly helped me in my career. And I'm so thankful for that. This, this, all this stuff breaks my heart. And there's also a lot of just terrible, terrible things that are just unacceptable that we don't want to see. Let's get rid of this right now. Promoters, mm-hmm. it's, it's your job to make sure this stuff doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Veterans, You know, be a leader, you know, lead the right way Um, for the younger talent. You know, obviously you're growing up. You probably grow up really, really fast in this business, as I've seen, Um, you know, just be careful, you know, surround yourself with good people, you know, try not to be naive, you know, try to have a good head on your shoulders as best you can. And everyone else look out for those younger talents. Um, Before we get out of here, ladies, anything else that you just want to say to uh, wrestlers or anyone in this business that may, you know, find themselves in a bad situation or anything they can do to kind of just be safe?
2: Um, I just want to say, like, it's not all bad. And what I, what I fear right now is that people won't follow their dreams because they're worried somebody might hurt them. I will point anybody in the right direction of the right people to train with. I, I am really inspired, like I said, by, by Tara, like, if you need a mom to go with you, and to knock somebody to out or to make you feel safe, like I, you were talking earlier about the buddy system, Marissa, like I'm all about that. Like if I can get to a show, I will do it. If I can't get there, I will find somebody who will make you feel comfortable because there are really good people in wrestling. There are people that care about your talent, they care about your success, and they care about you as a person, more importantly. And I will I will do whatever I can to make sure the right people are running shows, the right people are working shows. Because the last thing you want to have to worry about is like, I mean, my oldest son is going to be 12. And in a couple of years, he's going to be the same age as I went to my first wrestling show, independent wrestling show with my friend. And if he wanted to go to a show, I don't want to have to worry like, well, is he going to the right show with the right people? Or is somebody going to take advantage of him? Is somebody going to hurt him? And like the worst thing is, you know, fearing for your children's safety at a place where they're supposed to feel safe.
1: And I think yeah. snowballing off that um, is to be situationally aware. Now, that's not to say that sexual assault or rape or anything is the victim's fault ever. It is never under any circumstance the victim's fault or the survivor's fault. It is always the perpetrator that chooses to, make, to, that chooses to hurt the person that makes the decision to offend. However, um, situational awareness goes a really long way. If something doesn't feel right in your gut, don't do it. You know, do, do what you need to do to stay safe. And if somebody is making you uncomfortable or you're alone in a room with someone and they're approaching you or scream, you know, do whatever you need to do to get out of the situation and keep yourself safe. Don't be intimidated because they are a higher level or well-known, you know, just do whatever you need to do to be safe. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's not always, it's not always, you're not always able to do that, but just whatever you need to do, be situationally aware and keep yourself safe. Mm
0: Wow. Really well said. I, I think this got some, you know, had a great discussion here, some powerful things said, and hopefully, you know, this is the first of many steps moving forward. Marissa, I think we're going to keep doing a couple of these if, if you're okay with that. I, I think we had a great conversation here today.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I'm down to do this as much as we can.
0: Awesome. This was great. Linda, thank you again so much for a few minutes. Uh, you were the yeah. perfect first guest for this <laughs> and maybe a little teaser here, maybe down the line, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a little Daisy DeVille back in the ring again. I don't know.
2: I'll come to that Jersey was- for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll make it I'll make it fantastic for you if I can. All
0: right <laughs> uh, guys, everyone stay safe. Take care of each other. Look out for one another and yeah, we'll see you guys soon. We're out. Peace.